That's a really uh, interesting passage from Paul's letter to the church at Colossae and uh, I, I wondered what resurrection means for us today in this strange corona-tainted world as we are together at Easter in this very separated kind of way and even here in this room um, we are together but in a very separated way. It's all so strange. So what does resurrection have to say to us today? Well, the first thing Paul wants to say is that we were raised up with Christ. And this is an idea which is central to Paul's understanding of his faith and of the church because from the moment Paul encountered the living Christ, the people who were Christ's followers were closely identified with Jesus' own body. Indeed, when the risen Lord confronted Saul, as he was known then, on the road to Damascus as he was off to persecute the church, the question that the risen Lord asked was, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul had to ask, or Paul had to ask, who are you, Lord? And the reply came, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. And it didn't take too much for Paul to work out that by attacking the church, he was attacking the physical body of Christ. The followers are actually the enfleshed Christ himself. So from his earliest writings, right up until his last, Paul consistently sees the the believers as the physical manifestation of the risen Christ fleshed out in the world. And Paul says, we are raised up with Christ. As part of this notion of being the body, being in Christ, Paul understands that believers are raised up with Christ just as Jesus has been raised. In some way, we also have been raised with him. But what can that possibly mean? The first thing it means is that we have to have died. The only path to being raised up goes through death. In his letter to the church in Rome, Paul says, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. I have to be honest about this. For a lot of my early Christian discipleship, the notion of resurrection functioned for me as a kind of soothing idea. It eased the trauma of ever having to think about the idea of facing death. If I was risen with Christ, my eternity was all sorted out and I had nothing to really worry about. Death would not need to be a thing for me to even think about these days. Now, that might have been true if Jesus saves us from death, but he doesn't. Jesus saves us from the sting of death, which is sin, but we inevitably must all still face death regardless. The key difference is what life and death can now mean. So are we getting some back chat on the thing? No? Everyone good? Just mute Anne there. Okay. If we live simply for ourselves in the world, once we leave this world, our life is gone. It's over. It means little to anyone else. 
However, to the extent that we live life following Jesus in self-giving and consequently bringing life to others, the life we give lives on in the world long after we have left. The impact of our life on others and even the recounting of a life well lived provides something of an example and continues to nurture and bring life to others. Now, whatever else eternal life might entail, and to be quite honest, none of us knows the fullness of what it means, in this alone our life can certainly come alive in an altogether new way after we die. And in this way, at the very least, we certainly live on. So St Paul urges us to set our minds on the things that are above. He's contrasting this with the things that are on earth. Uh, And that which is shaped and conditioned by our default or natural ways. Paul uh, elsewhere calls this the world. So things that happen down here and are shaped by life as it usually happens down here. This is, the things above is where Christ lives and this is where death for us sort of comes in because we need to live as if we are no longer alive to those instinctual worlds, ways of the world, those things that were once first nature to us, our passions and instincts that just conditioned us without us even thinking about it. Paul's saying, don't set your mind on those things for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Instead, setting our minds on the things above, which means the things where Christ is, which means the things related to Christ, the things that Paul goes on to mention a few verses on. If you look down to verse uh, 12 through to 15, he says, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, and if you're living in isolation with other people, you've certainly got complaints against others. Just as the Lord forgave you, you should also forgive. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. And you may well respond, well that sounds all well and good, but we are living in a shutdown here and it's not so easy and you could ask anyone in my family about how easy it is to live with me. But this is where our acceptance of Christ's authority becomes quite material because Paul goes on to say that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. This is the seat of authority and when we acknowledge a seat of authority we're not simply uh, indicating an intellectual idea that we agree with Authority is something that we respond to by taking it seriously and allowing ourselves to be guided by it. Otherwise it's no authority for us at all. When we acknowledge that Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father, which is the ultimate seat of power, we're saying that we take seriously what he says and allow him to guide us. Not just what he says, but who he is and what he does. Jesus, for his part, will never ever force anyone to bow to his authority in a sense of coercion. But just as responding to reality is always the most helpful thing to do, we do well to take Jesus seriously at our earliest opportunity. 
there is only gain in doing so. And I'm here sadly reminded of a man uniquely gifted in the dark art of bending reality to suit his purpose, the current President of the US, who's been able to deceive and harangue himself out of so many scrapes that he has faced. But when something like the current virus comes that cannot be deceived or harangued out of reality, then the sooner he takes the reality seriously, the better for him and for all under his sway because the reality is coming whether anybody likes it or not. And in my sense, there's a sense in which the authority of Christ is like that. It is coming whether you like it or you don't. And the fullness of this invisible virus is yet to be revealed. And here I could be talking equally about COVID-19 or the Kingdom of God in a sense. Because with the Kingdom of God, the Gospels tell us something of the story, something of the power of Christ. As as Jesus moved among the people of first century Palestine, we see the impact of his life-giving love, transforming the lives of the most vulnerable and challenging the assumptions of the most privileged. And in all of this, we get a first glimpse of the kingdom. It's almost like one of those teaser trailers you see for a new movie that's being released. It gives you the gist of what's going on. It maybe gives you a few little moments, vignettes, that tell you about the story without giving everything away. But we now live in the time between the times Jesus has come and now he's risen and we're told he will come again. His life was cut so short on earth, executed some three years after being baptised by John the Baptist, we didn't get to see Jesus, the mighty religious leader, or Jesus, the down-to-earth community organiser, or Jesus, a military commander who defended his nation, or anything like that. We saw Jesus, the itinerant teacher and healer, with a relatively small and ragtag group of followers. And so we have become like those who saw the teaser trailer and thought, I like the look of that, I'm in. I'm buying my ticket now. (laughs) I want to be part of this experience. We've bought our tickets, we're seeing the story progress, but we're still waiting to see the fullness of all that it means. This story hasn't finished yet. There is so much more and here is the deep mystery The seeds of the kingdom were in every single thing that Jesus said and did. When he drew near, it was said the kingdom of God drew near. His every encounter pointed towards something far more significant than anyone has been able to fully grasp. And so when Christ is fully revealed, we shall also be revealed as integral to his manifest glory. So as we stand here in Easter 2020 with a virus raging around us, we can declare with confidence that Christ is risen and we are risen with him. At this time of maybe more darkness than we are accustomed to, let the light of Christ's risen glory shine through us to every person we are with, in every situation we find ourselves in. Christ is risen and so are we. Amen.